It's game time. Spilling tea and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast with your host, my name, D. Gill. Hello, everyone. It is D. Gill here with another episode of the Game Day Tea. I'm so excited for this episode because uh, I have to step my energy up for this guest i usually don't have to do that but this guest today has so much energy and you are going to love 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 him before we get into our little chat our little tea chat um if you missed any of my past episodes shame on you but there's a way you can redeem yourself go to instagram go to spotify apple the game day tea out search out sports you will find all my past episodes (laughs) you will love them uh if you want to get on the podcast, shoot me a direct message. Come correct, but shoot me a direct message and we can see what we can do getting you on the show because uh, visibility um, is, is, is what we need in our community right now. There's so much, so much, so much hate going around, but this is the episode today that I want to show you all the joyful things that can come around. And it's another Pride episode of the Game Day Tea. And with that said, I want to welcome Nicholas Barado to the Game Day Tea. Welcome. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited. Yes. Uh, I am excited to have you. I randomly came across your Instagram profile and I was like, I didn't. So, first, I didn't see the soul cycle in your bio. I, because uh, I get, you know, how Instagram just populates videos for you. Yeah. I just saw your video okay. and I was like, oh my God, this is such a great personality. Like, someone I would love to have on the podcast. And then I clicked Miss Profile Picture. I was like, does that, soul cycle? Yes. Yes. Spinning <laughs> for days. There you go. So, I first want to talk about a little bit about your sports background. Were you always an athlete? Like, were you always athletic? Yeah. So, you know, growing up as a kid, I feel like my mom, just like a lot of parents, you know, put, put me in all types of sports, um, T-ball, soccer, karate, gymnastics, you name it. I was in it. But what's, what's really funny is I was never put in dance and I discovered, so I think it was about in middle school. I saw a movie we are all familiar with called bring it on, you know, the cheerleading movie. And I remember watching that And I was like, I want to do that really badly. And pretty much that was my claim to fame. I remember I told one of my best friends at the time and I was, I was just like, I really want to do this. I'm really nervous though, you know, because there were not that many male cheerleaders. I'm from Long Island, New York, you know, coming to you live from New York City right now. (laughs) And I tried out, I had one of my brother's best friends who was an all-star cheerleader come to our house and she taught me how to do a standing back handspring in our basement so I could bring it to the tryout. I learned it in two days and I tried out, I made the JV team and then all the way through high school, I was captain my senior year and we were Long Island champions and we were national champions. And it was very bring on status. You know, we would practice five days a week, three hours after school. We would have the games on Saturday and then the competitions on Sundays. And I loved it. It really was. There was a performative aspect to it, but also also an athleticism. And I just think it was constantly trying to prove to everyone, you know, cheerleading is a sport. I think a lot of people just get it confused. And and especially now with cheer on Netflix, I've been living for it because I'm like, yes, this is what I was trying to prove 
for all my years, I'm actually, they're coming to Radio City to do their live tour. And I have my high school cheerleading uniform that I'm gonna wear when I yes. go to walk. That is so cute. I, I love that she brought that up to proving that it's a sport because uh, especially the episode where I forget her name, but she got the concussions when she was falling. And I was like, okay, yes. that's not a sport. Like you don't get injuries like that, not doing We would sport. have broken noses. We yeah. would have bru bruised ribs. And you were like, you're getting on that mat. I mean, you would vomiting, you name, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. an intense sport. I think it's also, what's so sad coming from a cheerleading background and what they touch on in the reality show is that as a cheerleader, pretty much after college, there really is nothing, you know, there's no professional, yeah. you could go work for some of the organizations like varsity and UCA, but mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be like Simone with her gymnastics career, you know, like, it's just, it's, Stop. it's kind of sad <laughs> um uh, it's just kind of it is what it is even so i was going to actually cheer at the university of delaware mm -hmm. on a cheerleading scholarship i went to one of the clinics and really loved it but you know it just went back to i wanted to do fashion originally that was kind of my game plan and i was like you know be in new york city or be in delaware chasing my cheerleading dreams but really where were they going to go after college mm -hmm. so that's kind of how uh, I, and it, it was sad because even through college, I wanted to start a cheerleading team at my college. I went to LAM College, got a degree in fashion marketing, and I was surrounded by all these girls that were ex-cheerleaders wow. and we were craving it. Yeah. We were, and I would used to go to um, gymnastic classes at Chelsea Piers and everyone's like, you're really good. And like, it's really <laughs> funny because from a gymnast and a cheerleader, you can always tell a gymnast has amazing technique and a cheerleader is kind of like a daredevil. They'll okay. do it even if it's not pretty, but they'll still do it. Even yeah. if they land on their head, they're like, I'm going to throw this and I'm going to get the points because we need it. Right. Uh, so where was your sexuality and all this growing up? Like, were you out and proud? Like, were you so, all this vibrant you know, person? It's really funny you bring that up because, you know, with the month of pride and especially teaching on the platform that I get to teach on, you know, every year with pride, I always talk about my coming out story and, I think more than ever, you know, as you get older, it's more, I think what pride really stands for, it's for the kids that don't think they can be out of the closet. It are the, it's, it's the kids who are really struggling, who don't have the support. I got very fortunate. So my brother is also gay and he's older than me. So he kind of paved the way. He'll always say to me, he's like, you had it easy. He's like, I had to, you know, really take all the brunt from mom and dad and whatnot. Um, but in high school, I was closeted. And then pretty much it was at my senior prom. I'll never forget it. I was at the Memory Motel in Montauk. And there was just this moment. Um, sadly, my dad passed away my junior year of high school. And my dad used to always say to me, you know, like, believe in who you are and trust in who you are. And not only just like, like with everything in, in your jobs and, and he used to always ingrain, in, ingrain with me, don't do something for the money, do it because you love it and the money will eventually follow. Mm -hmm. You know, that very kind of aspect of life. And I remember I'm surrounded by all my friends and I was just like, I'm hiding something and these are my friends. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have the picture of it. I'm in a cheerleading t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely a little two sheets to the wind. You know, it's after prom, <laughs> a little Gatorade, a little vodka, we're having right. fun. Mm -hmm. The hotel room smells like hamsters <laughs> from like cedar wood. And I'm, uh, the, the speech is legendary. It goes that like, and some of my best friends can still quote it today. Oh and God. I get up there with my pink maracas and I was like, guys, I love you so much. You know, it's after prom. And 
I really just want to be honest with you. And, you know, I came out to them and I'll never forget it. I was like, you know, to the boys in the room, don't think that I like you. Don't flatter yourself. You're not my type. All right. Because, you know, right away, I feel like as a young gay man, it's like all the straights in the room are like, oh, my God, does he like me? It's like, no, girl, you're not my type. Like, Mm -hmm. I do not like you. (laughs) And I think for me, which I've been saying, especially on this pride, I don't know what's really made me think this, but I do. If I could go back in time and tell my freshman year self in high school, I would tell them, don't care what anyone thinks. Be your most authentic self. And I wish I could be doing a jump split and being like, you know what? Yeah, I am a homosexual. And guess what? I am fierce as fuck. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If I can go back in time, I came out my junior year in high school. But if I could have told my freshman self, like, girl, let's do this. Yeah, and <laughs> like, it's really funny because it, it's been interesting to kind of see the trends. And especially, you know, like I'm, I'm a millennial mm-hmm. and really seeing the Gen Z community as they are it's funny because i talk to kids now that are you know like i'm going to be 33 in august she's a leo hey yeah okay and uh, <laughs> i you know i talk to so many young kids especially like do you watch the show euphoria yes so a lot of my friends that are in their early 20s will be like that's how it is and that's how high school is that's how high school was And, you know, I think, I actually think we're very fortunate. I mean, in high school, I didn't have Instagram. I think right at the talent, it was coming out. And, uh, you know, I I can only imagine what it must be like to be in high school with all the access that you have with TikTok and Instagram. And, but I've talked to people and they're like, it's cool to be gay now in high school. And I'm like, really? I'm like, cause that was not the case. You know, and especially being, I, I made the school newspaper and I have it framed. It's actually right here in my apartment. And it's, um, the headline reads, mixed welcomes for first male cheerleader. And I remember I was just thinking, oh, cool. I made the newspaper and my mom was like, what kind of headline is that? Who the hell wrote that? You know, my mom is a big, strong Italian mom. So mm-hmm. mama bear coming to like protect her cub. Right. Um, but it's true. You know, I definitely was going against the norm. And, you know, in the South, it's definitely more popularized to be a male cheerleader. But in Long Island, you know, there is very far in between. You see a lot of male cheerleaders. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that about the cheer world. Like, I wonder if it's it's okay for you to be a male cheerleader in the South, but just don't come out type of thing. Well, I, I guess I'm kind of blind to it all because uh, like I graduated high school in 2007. So I didn't have any male cheerleaders in my high school at all. So like you, were you about 2005, 2006? I graduated in 08. 08. Okay. So yeah. I, it was just, wasn't a thing. Like, no, yeah. not male cheerleader. No, like Instagram, Facebook, none of that. Like, no. We yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My mom, if we're, you know, and I like, I like to keep it real. You know what yeah. I mean? We are the real Nick S coming to you live. Yeah. My first, um, <laughs> my first <laughs> sexual male encounter was a fellow male cheerleader on the cheerleading team. Okay. In high school? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Long I'll never forget, That's you know, because we were, he was a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, he's going to, I mean, definitely he's going to know, like, there was only one <laughs> other person on the team with me. So he was a gymnast that went from, because our gymnastics program got canceled. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to recruit, because me and the girls were like, yo, like the, like, we're, like the boys, we're good. We're strong. We need yeah. them. We need their muscle. We need their energy. So this guy came on the team with us. And, you know, like we're the only two males and we were definitely texting at some moments. And I remember one night 
I think, you know, maybe had a couple of drinks and I texted him and I was like, night, babe. And he asked me, he's like, can I ask you, are you gay? And right away, I'm like, oh my God, no, absolutely not. What are you talking about? And I was like, what about you? And so he, he was like, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm experimenting. I'm kind of open. And then right away, I was like, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. And then probably not even a week later, um, you know, we we had a little fun. Had a little fun. That's cute. So you all did like a, a reverse gender roles of bring it on, like how she came on to the cheerleader. Yes, like definitely. On. Sure. It's so cute. And it's like a those type of stories happen all over the place. And now with like how pride is so, you know, much more accepted, uh, they're probably doing that like. Oh, they're doing it. Yeah. Out in the open, yeah. loud and proud. Just be safe, kids. But um, yeah, uh, when, safe. We co- when we come back from the break, I want to get into like your professional career now. And because uh, I have, and I'm pretty sure you have some words for people that do not take soul cycling, well, cycling in general as like a sport. So I want to get into the background of like why you considered it um, to be a, a, a sport or like something like you have to be an athlete especially if you really want to take it seriously. Definitely, yes. So we're getting into that right after the break. Hello, welcome back to the Game Day Tea. I am T. Gill and I have Nicholas Parado on the Game Day Tea and we're talking about pride, cycling, his background and being an athlete and all the good stuff. Okay, so Nick, I have done cycling classes before. Uh, I've enjoyed them. Sometimes I've gotten bored with them because I don't like the music or whatnot. Totally. I mean, I when it comes to music, yeah. I, music is everything for me. Okay. You know, I need yeah. the jams to get this body to move. Mm-hmm. If there's not good music, I'm not in it. So I need I need a good Missy Elliott moment. Ooh. I need some Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. I need a good throwback. I need like what did I play tonight? I played some Cindy Lauper. Nice. You know what I mean? Give me the pride moments. Whitney Houston, our queen. I love it. Somehow like cycling classes like started off with that type of music. Then they just all kind of switched to EDM, which I love EDM. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, not everybody grew up like listens to EDM, right? Definitely. Yeah. To get your class participation, like them going, I'm pretty sure that music like gets them like really into the class. I think it's always about, you know, what, what they, I remember going back through training. So, you know, I've been a soul cycle instructor for 11 years. I've been with the company a really long time and it all started. So back in college, I lived on the Upper East Side and out of, out of my living room window, we could always see this. It, we used to call it a white cube because that's what it looked like. It was this white cube that said soul cycle. And me and my roommates used to think that it was a bike shop where you could like do bike rentals, you know, something with bikes, never knowing that it was this boutique style fitness um, studio that at the time really was groundbreaking because there was nothing really like it out there. That was just a freestanding studio that was just all indoor cycling. You know, before SoulCycle, it was all at the gyms. It was at Crunch, um, you know, Equinox that you didn't really see freestanding studios. And then the two women that created it really had this idea to really, you know, start this movement. And it was my best friend, Kelly, she had a job interview to go interview at SoulCycle. She's going to kill me for saying this. So she woke up a little hungover. And me and my other roommate, we were like, you need to go. You need a job. You, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Me and my, we picked out her outfit. We printed out her resume. We like made her go to this interview. Yeah. She got the job. And she, in a couple of weeks, 
you know, was in love with this brand, was in love with what it stood for. And she kept saying to me, you don't understand. You need to take these classes. They are, they are mind blowing. They're amazing. So I'm like, okay, let me go see what this is all about. It's really funny. So my first class I go, I hated it. <laughs> I like, I unclipped during the class twice and my best friend had to get off her bike to clip me back into the clips because I didn't know what I was doing. Uh -huh. And I, I just think it goes like for a lot of us, you know, when you are brand new to something, it's going to be a struggle. It's mm -hmm. going to be rough. Like whenever I have a brand new rider in my room, I say to them, give this at least five times mm -hmm. because you have so much coming at you. You have lingo you probably don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be a lot of overwhelming and it can also be intimidating, but also what I tell all newbies, and it's not even just at SoulCycle, it's at anything you do. And it's a lot of times we have fear that stops us, right? And especially if you're not good at something, you're like, I don't want to do this again. I tell everyone, challenge yourself and do the things that you aren't good at. Because if you keep doing the things that you're good at, you're not going to grow. You know, you're not going to balance it out. You need the yin to the yang. You need the spaghetti to the meatballs. You need, you know, the, <laughs> the olive oil to the balsamic vinegar. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, I don't know, like even in the gym, I try and strengthen my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I think that really rounds you out as an athlete. So then I took that class six months. I needed a job. So I ended up getting hired at SoulCycle. And it was really funny because the person that hired me, she was a cheerleader and mm -hmm. she loved that I was a cheerleader. Yeah. It's really funny. When you meet a fellow cheerleader, you're like, you get it. Yeah. We get each other. There is like mm -hmm. a cheer dynamic connection. Once a cheerleader, always a cheerleader. It's a cheerocracy. <laughs> and I started working the front desk and really fell in love with this community, with this brand and with this workout. And I think mm -hmm. for me, you know, coming from that cheerleading background, there was definitely a performative aspect and a very, you know, fast paced, intense music, getting lost to the beat, dancing on a bike that I fell in love with. And then pretty much all through college, I worked the front desk. And then when I graduated, I, I auditioned the first time to be an instructor. I didn't get in. They were like, we don't think you're ready. And I remember being very discouraged, but one of the master trainers at the time was like, they're testing you. You need to come back. You're meant to do this. You have to do this again. And I came back a second time to do it. And I got in, mm -hmm. I, you know, went through training, audition, got on the schedule. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that it came a point where, you know, I got, I was getting off my parents' insurance mm -hmm. and my mom pretty much was like, listen, because I turned down a full-time job offer to do this, which, you know, was a risk. I mean, who mm -hmm. really, you know, a lot of people, I remember, this is now like going a couple of years later, everyone's like, well, what do you do for work? And I'm like, oh, I'm a soul cycle instructor. And everyone's like, well, what else do you do? I'm like, no, I'm like, this is my full-time job. I get benefits. I get a 401k. I have dental and I have eye care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that was very, a lot of people couldn't believe it. Yeah. Even at the time I would have some gentleman caller over my, over my apartment mm -hmm. and they'd walk into my apartment and they go, how old are you? I'd be like, oh, like 24, 25, you know? Mm -hmm. And they were like, and you have this? And I go, yeah, I go, I work really, really hard. Right. You know, I think it was what SoulCycle was able to make was careers mm -hmm. for fitness professionals, where I think, you know, before a big conglomerate like SoulCycle or like a Peloton or like a Barry's Bootcamp, you know, I think for a lot of 
spin instructors, it was kind of like a part-time gig. Mm-hmm. And SoulCycle really created this infrastructure where we could really give it our all and devote all of our time to it, which is just such an amazing space. And, you know, like I wake up every day loving what I do. And I have friends that I see, you know, they work a nine to five and they're miserable. And I think I look at it as so much like, you know, do I want to be miserable? Do I want to? And it always always goes back to what my dad taught me is do what you love. And I love what I do. Genuinely, I get to change people's lives, which is really corny to say. Mm -hmm. Even like today, for instance, I subbed a 5.30 p.m. class and a woman came up after me, came up after the class and she was like, thank you so much for subbing this class because you made my Monday night. And, you know, that makes it all worth it. Just knowing that I was able, because you never know, you have people always walking into our rooms. They could have just gone through like a death in the family. They could be going through a really trying time and more than ever coming out of this global pandemic, we need, you know, like inspiration leaders. (laughs) Going back to your list, so corny (laughs) to say, but people that are going to inspire other people that, you know what, you can say, yeah, maybe today sucks, but tomorrow will be better. I love it. I lead, I lead in all my classes. I say to everyone, I go, what you put into this, just like anything and everything you do in your life is what you're going to get out of it. We have 45 minutes and I always go, there is so much shit going on in today's world. Let this be what you need it to be. If you have to cry today, cry. If you want to laugh today, laugh. If you want to scream your fucking head off because you want to kill your kids, do it. Have you had that? All those emotions come out? Oh, yeah. Oh my, I've even cried in the room. I mean, yeah. you know, like it's, and it's this 11 year career. I've, I've seen it all. I, you know, I mean, yeah. I, like through the election, I'm, I'll mm. never forget the day Trump got elected, you know, and I had to go teach the next day. And here's the thing. I, I try not to get political in my room because here's the thing. We all have different views and I respect everyone's views. You know, some people like tomatoes and some people like, I don't know, asparagus, right? So I say to everybody, have your opinions, just like, you know, be respectful. Mm -hmm. And I try and be respectful in my rooms. I'm not going to try and, you know, change someone's ideas. That's not my job. My job is to give you a great workout and to send you out into the world, hopefully feeling better about yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. And uh, you do touch lives. And for anybody that uh, out there that says, oh, cycling, isn't it's, it's just like a little poo-poo type of exercise or like that they don't know they're not in your classes they don't know they like come through and tell me you mm-hmm. don't get a good workout yeah. like my philosophy when it comes to working out and i you know was taught this many years ago is that as fitness professionals we're we're magicians mm-hmm. and or we're comedians right. um it was this master instructor stacy griffith she is the queen <laughs> um you know she taught me she's like make people laugh their way through your class because they're going to forget what they're doing is really hard. So I'm cracking jokes in my class. I'm talking about pizza. I mean, here's the thing. As much as I love fitness, I love to eat. Mm -hmm. I can get down with some Taco Bell. I love a little Wendy's, you know, a little pizza. There's all about moderation. I eat, I eat extremely healthy. You know, I would say 90% of the time. And I saw I that, that couscous, that Italian couscous from Trader Joe's. Oh, no, you loaded, it, okay, so you loaded the boat up. Literally. <laughs> so, you know, tr- so pretty much, you know, this is my Monday through Friday. Every morning I wake up, I have my Greek yogurt mm-hmm. with strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, and some nice pecans for a little crunch. I need okay. the texture. Okay. 
Okay. And then my lunch is usually avocado toast that I make on Ezekiel bread with two eggs. And then my dinner is a meal prep that usually I like to do. So I love to do it with this Israeli couscous that's from Trader Joe's. Yeah. And they've been out of it for months. <laughs> and I've like looked for other couscouses, but it's just like, you know, when you just like go to Trader Joe's, it's you like the brand, it works out, it's easy to cook. I don't think like I'm a mind blowing, amazing chef. But, you know, like I can get by and I, you know, I like things that are just easy to make because I'm always on the go. So no lie, because even the last time I bought it, I think I bought like six of them. You know, I was like, I'm going to load up and they've been out of it for months. So today I'm in the Chelsea location. I see it. I bought 10 boxes. <laughs> even when I went and I go and I was like, I have to put this on blast on story. Yeah. And even when I got to check out, they were like, wow. <laughs> really like this couscous and I was like listen I've learned from my mistakes because mm-hmm. we know when you guys are going to be out of it again and no lie I came home I started meal prepping I did it I did couscous onions pancetta spinach and then broccoli cauliflower um mushrooms mm-hmm. and then I did an egg and that was my dinner like a bowl of it and that'll last me all week and it's just like even today I was walking to the class so you know in the pandemic, I gained 40 pounds. I went from 165 uh-huh. to 200 pounds. I went from a size 30 to a 36, from a small to a large. And I'm short. I'm only 5'6". The funny part is, so I'm notorious for my tush. Okay. Growing up in my family, they used to always call me J-Lo butt. I've always <laughs> had like a, a pop-out butt, which honestly, <laughs> I'm not hating on. You know, power to the butts. The only thing is though, it's kind of, I mean, it's been annoying. I have to get a lot of my pants tailored because my waist is small, mm-hmm. but my ass and thighs are small. that of like a 34, but my yeah. waist is like a 30. So everyone's in like, so in the pandemic, everyone's like, well, it's not a bad problem. Like it's a bad problem when your clothes don't fit. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, I live for the fashions. I have right. some nice things. So really like I went to a nutritionist and to see the numbers and to see like, he almost gave me an EKG for my body <laughs> that measured your calorie intake. And he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm just going to tell you, you've been having a lot of fun. And I think for me, so many people in the pandemic, I think they were like, wow, I'm going to use this time to like really get in shape. Yeah. I was the opposite. I was like, my life is about being in shape. Mm-hmm. My life is about being fitness. I said, fuck that. Yeah. I want to eat. I want to drink. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy myself. And then, you know, here's the thing, you live and you learn. And it's really funny because it's, it's so funny how easy it is to get out of shape and how hard it is to get back in that motion. Mm -hmm. And I've been a runner, like I've ran the New York city marathon. I've done a bunch of half marathons. You know, I like to put my body through different challenges and that's kind of what I looked at it as. I, I was like, you know, here is another challenge. And what I'll say to everybody. And it's, I mean, it's, it's very true. You either want to do it or you don't want to do it. It's even with my clients when it comes to personal training. I tell all my clients, I'm like, listen, like I can't, I'm going to give you every tool in the toolbox that I have. And these are all your tools, but you have to choose to use the tools. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's it's either you do it or you don't. I'm not here for the excuses. I'm here for the results. And sometimes I think that's a little harsh, but I'm, I want someone that does the work. Mm -hmm. I'll show you the work, but you got to do the work. Right. I love it. And this being Pride Month, uh, what is your experience like uh, being a openly gay male and an instructor for SoulCycle? 
You know, I mean, like, it's, it's funny. I, I thought you'd ask me a question like this and I, I kind of was thinking about it and, you know, it's great. I find, I don't know how this is going to sound. So I, you know, I said this, I was at a pride party the other day and we were talking about, you know, how gays are to gays, kind of how like, you know, I feel like some women will say like, you know, other women are catty towards other women. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I was, I was saying, well, honestly, I go, it's kind of the same as being a homosexual. You know, we can be catty to one another. Right. It's really, I have had some people say to me, if I'm talking to them on an app or whatnot, they can't believe how nice I am. And I was like, well, why do you say that? And they would go, well, you're really attractive. And I'm like, well, that's really sad that in, in the gay community, if yeah. you're an attractive, you know, if you're an attractive person, you're automatically assumed to be like not nice. I think that's really sad and almost like disheartening. And my thing is, I like to kill him with kindness. You know, I like to talk to everyone, every walk of life. And I find, I think in my field of work that as, cause you know, we do have a lot of women mm-hmm. that come to take soul cycle. And, you know, I think some of the women there, you know, I'm like their gay best friend. Yeah. And honestly, we're like, hey, best accessory, mm-hmm. get your gay bestie. Right. And even for instance, I have, so I, I teach in New Jersey. I do the reverse commute and I have a lot of moms and I like to say I'm the gay son they never had. Oh. And I've had some moms reach out to me recently and they say to me, they're like, thank you for making a safe space for, our, our, for us moms to not feel judged mm-hmm. and to feel accepted and to really have the time of our life. Yeah. I do this one class that's a Friday, 9.30 a.m. in New Jersey every Friday morning. And it's like the hot mom club. I, I live for these women. I tell them like, you know, I'm like, take off your tops. I'm like, wake up naked and put on Madonna and dance. Mm-hmm. Like, you right. know, like, don't they be afraid. That. Yeah, We need, you know, you need that. I think just, you know, I just even like who I am, like I have so many people are like, how do you do it? How do you have this energy? And, and you know, I've gone through my shit in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's passed away. Um, and I'll just say like, he, he passed away, not in the most copacetic way you could say. Okay. And I've, you know, I've made a lot of money. I've not made a lot of money. I've, you know, I, I've gone through some shit in my life, but we've all gone through shit. Mm-hmm. And I think you finally have to say to yourself, are you going to let this shit ruin my day or ruin my life? So I really try and live my life, putting my best foot forward and everything I do because life is too short. You know, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and there it goes. I mean, with everything going on, I could get, you know, as sad as it is to say, I can get stabbed on the subway tomorrow and I could die. You know, even with, with all that going on, my mom will be like, you know, please be careful on the subways. And I say, I go, if it's my time, it's my time. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to not ride the subway. I mean, it could happen at any time at any place. You know, you really just. You just don't know. I, of course, hope it doesn't happen. Right, and I, right, of course, right. but, and you know. COVID and everything. And now this monkeypox stuff going around. Who I mean, mon- literally monkeypox. <laughs> I mean, monkeypox. I'm like, what is coming next? I just. <laughs> I get it. it but... <laughs> it's a lot. And you know, it's even, I say, I think going back to your question about being an athlete and really, you know, I've grown up working for SoulCycle as a fitness professional and it's really funny how my focus has really shifted. And I think it goes for anyone, you know, when you're growing up in your twenties, you're, you're going to make mistakes. You're learning, you're growing. And definitely there are things that I did in my twenties that I'm just like, how did I, and then like, 
you know, going out all night and then going on the bike the next day for a triple or a quad, just -hmm. things that aren't smart. And it's like, if I could say anything to any like athlete or a young fitness professional is that listen to your body and do what honestly is best for your body. You know, being in my thirties now, I mean, not even, not even going to lie, going into this podcast, I was like, God, 8 p.m. That's kind of late. She's getting <laughs> tired. And like, if you would have told my, my 22 year old self that, yeah. please, he would have laughed at me and been like, girl, get it together. Are you serious? Right. But, uh-huh. you know, it really comes to a point where I want to do good work mm-hmm. and I want to do good work in my life. And I think that's about setting yourself up for success. And that's about getting, you know, like my, my big thing. And I tell so many people, and it's even when you go to the doctor's, and you say to a doctor, I'm not feeling well. The first thing they always say to you is, are you drinking enough water? And are you sleeping enough? And in everything I've learned, even in my, like my certifications and whatnot, like it comes down to sleep and water. When I like, I'll, I'll have, because, and obviously, you know, we all get busy, mm-hmm. but when I really, I'm being diligent about getting like nine hours of sleep, I wake up and I could take on the world. I feel, especially working at the physical fitness level I'm trying to work at every single day, you need that, you know what I mean? And so many of us, I mean, so many of us, I think, and I hope with the pandemic, it's really taught people to really have more of a work-life balance because you, you need it just for your health, for not even for your physical, but for your mental health. Right. And I, I totally agree with you. And uh, I, I'm inspired by you today. And uh, before we get off this podcast, I want to give you like, we got, oh, we got four minutes. Let's take like two minutes. Uh, hashtag the real talk. I want you to plug your classes, where you at, where people can find you, how people can get in contact with you. Like the floor is yours. Yes. I mean, so, so I do this thing called the real talk every morning. Um, And honestly, it started because I used to do intermittent fasting and I used to do the coffee with the butter and the MCT oil. And I used to do it with Bulletproof Coffee. So it used to be Bullet Talk. um, (laughs) And I'll just say there was a there there was a little bit of a a discrepancy and I was not getting paid. Pay your talent. If you're out there, pay your talent. Okay. Mm. And everyone's like, you're giving them free publicity and, and you should stop doing this. So, you know, I was like, you know what? You're right. So <laughs> it turned into the real talk. And I always go, and it's actually funny. So I always just say, ladies and gentlemen, and an instructor reached out to me and she was like, you know, I, I want you to know something. She's like, I know you don't mean anything bad by this, but she's like, someone brought it up to me the other day and said they were offended that that's what you were saying because, and it's true, you know, the year is 2022. Yeah. We have ladies, we have gentlemen, but what about everybody in between? Mm-hmm. There is a spectrum now. And, you know, we have, you know, non-binary, non-conforming, and it's true. And it's so I now I've reworded it to be ladies and gentlemen and everybody in between. Shout out to everyone who, you yeah. know, you are figuring out who you are. We have to come correct. And I'm like, so I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in between, good morning, happy Monday. We're coming to you live with what? The real <laughs> talk. Oh yeah. And I'll that. usually give some words of wisdom. I plug my soul cycle classes, usually plug my theme rides. You can follow my Instagram. I'm underscore the real Nick S. I also have another Instagram account called the raw Nick S, which is some of my photos from my modeling days. Um, I've worked with a lot of photographers in the past and which is something that I love. It's a hobby of mine. And definitely you'll see the real Nick S in the raw. 
I'm going to say it like that. Something okay. for you to look at. But right. <laughs> I teach in New York City. I teach in New Jersey, in Short Hills, and in Hoboken. And come check me out. If you are in New York City, DM me if you want some personal training. I do at-home workouts. I can come to your apartment. We can go to the park. And honestly, I'm here to make people happy, to inspire them to be the ultimate version of themselves. I love it. I love it. Nick, thank you so much for lending me your nighttime. Yeah, <laughs> and, and talking so much for about having this. me. You're welcome. I, I really think that uh, people need to hear your voice and your personality and you talking about, you know, being an out athlete, out, out soul cycle instructor, where they're on the train going to New Jersey to your class hopefully right we're going to claim that or whether it's just at home you know a kid like me in in georgia that would have loved to hear somebody be openly proud about who they are you know 16 15 year old so i really appreciate you coming on the game jt today yes of course with, with that said i always tell everyone be true be you and be fierce please 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 if you're in the uh, new jersey area go to a class let me know how it goes and You've inspired me to go to a soul cycle class in the Castro. So I'll do Oh, that. oh my God. The Castro is lit. They get <laughs> down, especially go during pride. It would be, yeah. I, this is what I also say. If you go to a workout and you didn't like it, mm -hmm. give it like a second chance. Find your instructor that you love. All right. I shall. Well, with that said, everybody take care. Happy pride. Be safe.